You're listening to Simple Ritz Radio, episode number 125, and today we're talking about sleep and circadian rhythm and how to reach a deeper sleep. I mean, everything everyone wants, right? Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back. My name's Alexa. As always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, I'm going to help you do all three by helping you uncover how you can sleep deeper. Because doesn't sleep make everyone feel better? In fact, it's one of the most, if not the most, critical element of health. And today, we're breaking it down with a guest expert, Dr. Erin Stokes. Dr. Stokes has been on the show before, and today I wanted to bring her back on to talk about a subject that I am fascinated by, and that's just sleep in general. And I know when we say sleep, like it sounds like it means nothing, but our body actually goes through so many biological processes at night. In fact, sleep is one of the most healing states of the body. And so without enough sleep, we won't be able to heal and rejuvenate our body like we should, and therefore lack energy, hormonal flow, and all the things. So today on the show, I'm going to be asking Dr. Stokes about circadian rhythm and how this affects every single cell in our body. We're also going to talk about why so many people are not sleeping well and how you can sleep deeper. That's all on today's show. And as mentioned, Dr. Stokes has been on the show before, but to give you a quick rundown again, she is a holistic practitioner working in integrative care as well as the medical director of Megafood. She is fascinating and she really knows her stuff. And I love the fact that she takes such an integrative, holistic view at life of really zooming out, looking at the whole picture and how we can fix the body and make it work together. So like I said, we're going to be diving into circadian rhythm, how this affects our cells, how a change in circadian rhythm can change our health, and so much more. So stay tuned for that. But before we dive in, I wanted to tell you more about today's sponsor, which is a company that I love and live for. Megafood is the sponsor of today's show. Here's the deal. The world of supplementation can be so confusing. Even as someone who studies supplements and health all day, every day, it can still be overwhelming, especially with the new influx of supplements and brands entering the market. But that gives me all the more reason to love the brand Megafood. They have shown themselves time and time again to be one of the best supplement brands on the market. Not to mention, their supplements are crafted with added nutrients and real foods from trusted farm partners. When I first went on the Megafood website, one thing that stood out to me was from founder Carl Jackson, who was, quote, all about doing it right and improving people's lives by delivering the most authentic nourishment possible through high-quality supplements made with whole foods. And they're still delivering on that promise today, purchasing over 500,000 pounds of fresh produce each year that go into their supplements. That's over a half a million pounds of real food, farm fresh vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and herbs directly from farmers every single year. Plus, they are certified non-GMO, tests for more than 125 herbicides and pesticides, and are gluten-free, vegan, or vegetarian, kosher, and soy-free. Not to mention, another reason to love them, they are the first and only supplement brand to have their entire line certified glyphosate residue-free by the Detox Project, which is an independent research and certification organization dedicated to testing consumer goods and products for toxic chemicals. Megafood also recently partnered with the Environmental Working Group and several other brands to petition the EPA to ban the use of glyphosate as a desiccant before harvest, a practice that increases the likelihood that you or I will be exposed directly to this herbicide in the foods that we eat. 
Overall, they are great quality and something I take every single day and give to my family. There are so many specific products that you should check out over at megafood.com. That's M-E-G-A-F-O-O-D.com. And to learn more about the brand and where to find their products, make sure you check out their transparency model and find vitamins and minerals that can help you live a healthier life. You can learn more about Megafood and sign their petition to ban glyphosate in the show notes at SimperWitzWellness.com. Okay, check them out. Go to the show notes. But first, make sure you listen to today's show to get all the information from Dr. Stokes on how we can reach deeper sleep. So let's get right to the show. Welcome to the show, Erin. This is not your first go around here on Simperwitz Radio, so I'm excited to have you back. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so we're talking about sleep today, which I feel like this is one of the best seasons to talk about it because I think everyone is a little bit more tired this time of the year just with the seasonal change and the time difference and how early the sun sets, which is so early these days. But like, I really want to dive specifically into circadian rhythm because that's really what controls our sleep and wake cycles. So I just want to know off the bat, have you found any interesting research lately about circadian rhythm? You know, I have. I'm fascinated by circadian rhythms as well. And for your listeners out there, circadian rhythm is just really our internal body clock. And it does go through a shift this time of year. You know, we have this bright, light days of summer, and it's natural to feel more energy. And you see it in plants, and everything around you is energized. And then as we shift into these shorter days, as you mentioned, Alexa, it's getting colder the days are shorter, it is really natural to feel more tired and to need some more sleep. And circadian rhythm really responds, it's it's a lot about our sleep-wake cycle. And the cue that our circadian rhythm is looking for is the light. And Mm. so that's why there has been some research that's been done around lamps and lights earlier in the morning. I know I'm a natural early riser, but my husband and son, not so much when it's dark in the morning this time of year. Mm -hmm. So I just start turning on gentle lights all around the house. Nothing that's going to be full force in their face, but there is some good research that shows that you can help gently shift that circadian rhythm and that sleepiness in the morning when you have some light that can almost simulate the sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really fascinating to me, especially when we live in a society who likes to do the same thing day in and day out. And and I'm totally for having routines and rhythms, but there's that seasonal aspect that I think that we miss a little bit. Can you just talk about sleep cycles as it relates to seasons? Yes, I would love to. Well, if you think about our ancestors and you think about how long people have lived on this planet, I like to look at the past to help inform the present And our ancestors, there's no question. In fact, there's research that shows how much more they were sleeping than we Mm -hmm. sleep today and that they slept more in the fall and the winter. And that's, again, because they weren't, they didn't feel that same pressure, as you said, to do the same thing, to stay up as late as you did in the middle of July. We really should ideally for our health and wellness be going to sleep a little earlier. And what do I mean by early? I advise people to try, and of course, there's going to be, I was out with a friend for a birthday last night. It was a little different, but go, you're going to bed between 9.30 and 10, really uh-huh. trying to be in bed by 10 with the lights off, and as much as you can, stopping computer work and TV at least an hour before because that disrupts your melatonin. 
And there's a Chinese saying that an hour of sleep before midnight is worth two hours of sleep after yes. midnight. And I yes. believe that. And I, it's, I don't, it's not just me personally. As you know, I'm a naturopathic doctor and I've worked with hundreds of people and people tell me that all the time, if they can just get themselves to bed earlier and have good sleep hygiene because our bodies and our circadian rhythms respond to that. And anyone out there is sleep hygiene. What do you mean by that? It's a really simple concept of what we instinctively do with the children in our lives, whether we have children mm-hmm. ourselves or we're aunts or neighbors. We know that kids, you know, have a bedtime. They often have a bedtime routine. They might right. take a bath, a warm bath, or read a book. You start to dim the light. For some reason, we lose all that as adults and think we should be able to be working, Alexa, <laughs> right. five, five minutes before bed, close my MacBook, hop into bed, and gosh, why can't I fall asleep? You know, mm-hmm. so we, we have to we have that, that sleep hygiene involved going to bed. It's the same, you know, again, with rare exception, but the same time every night, having a routine. Um, there's a sleep expert I was listening to recently that called it the power, I think he called it power down hour. And it's basically instead of a power hour, like an aerobic workout, right, it's a power right. down hour. It's giving yourself a full hour to, to do all these things, um, mm-hmm. you know, wrap everything up, get, get to bed. So we're going to talk some more about herbs and other things, but we have to cover the basics first. And that's right. those are some of the basics. Right. Yeah. I have heard that um, old Chinese saying too. And I've, I've even seen some research that some of our best sleep happens between the hours of 10 and 1. Um, so I think that there is some validity to the fact that going to bed a little bit earlier can be really powerful. But even when we talk about sleep deprived, I think a lot of people know when they're sleep deprived. Like we can feel it, but it's easy to push through. And I think it's easy, easy to overlook what's actually happening inside the body. So I want to talk about circadian clock because every cell in our body has one. And what is actually happening at the cellular level when we deprive sleep? Well, they've done some very interesting research on sleep deprivation in part because it's so common. Mm-hmm. Really defining insomnia. Insomnia can be difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, or both. And it affects over 60 million Americans. So that's yeah. part of the reason why there's been so much research done on it, because people acknowledge, doctors, researchers, whoa, this is a major problem. What right. they've seen is on a cellular level that sleep loss will impair our immune function. So it will actually impact how our immune cells are, are functioning in the body. And it also can increase our inflammatory response. So we have this natural response in the body where we respond to inflammation. Right. And it's really helpful. Like if you bump your knee or you hurt yourself, our bodies respond and they heal. But we get in this inflammatory state and there's actually been a study that was published that showed that sleep deprivation uh, results in elevated key markers of inflammation. And we know now that inflammation is the root cause of a lot of different issues. So we don't want to be doing something that's setting us up for chronic inflammation. There's also a connection to obesity and to difficulty losing weight. So if you think about it, it's, it's shifting cellular signaling in the body. Right. And how I look at it as, you know, trying to look at, well, what's the, what's the unifying theme here? I see it as the body responding that it's almost in an alarm state, if you think about it, because it's mm-hmm. sending out inflammatory signals. It's also holding on to weight because if 
if you think about it in the past, that might have signaled, why would you be awake all night? Well, maybe you were searching for food or you didn't, you know, you were hunting or you right. have enough to eat or, um, but now in our modern lives, it's causing a host of problems. So it really does shift the cellular signaling, as you said. Right, right. It is so fascinating when you really take it down to that level and know every cell in the body is having an effect, even though we think it's just feelings that we can push through, but it's really not. So sleep or the biofeedback loop of being tired, like I said, is easy to push to extremes. But how little sleep can you actually function on? Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. And I do believe that it does vary somewhat by person. I think we Mm -hmm. all know people that seem to, or at least quote unquote, seem to be able to function well on less sleep. The thing that I think what we're missing here and is a key point is that in our modern society, we often view sleep as a luxury instead of a necessity. Mm, I like that, yeah. Yeah, so we we view food as a necessity. We view water as a necessity, but not sleep, and it is. And so I, just to answer your specific question, I think that the data points that most people need at least seven hours and that, mm-hmm. and that many of us need eight or more to function optimally. I know that I can do pretty well with seven, but I feel my best when I get eight or more. And I'm, that's speaking for myself, but I, I also find that with all of the different patients I've worked with and when I give talks and people uh, talk about sleep and its impact on their health, that when you're getting into six and a half, six hours, and I want to acknowledge the, the new parents out there and the New moms and dads, right. so they might be sh- they might be shaking their heads right now, saying, "Really? <laughs> well, that's nice." Me, in my case, maybe sleep is a luxury. Right, um, right. I've, I've been there. I have a twelve-year-old son, but I do remember the days, you know, twelve years or you know, ten to twelve years ago when he was young and I wasn't getting that that kind of sleep. And and what? And speaking of parents, the shout out to the parents out there. One thing I see in my work with parents sometimes is that. Once they get in that disrupted sleep cycle that's very necessary to care for your baby, that that once the baby starts sleeping through the night, that I work sometimes with parents that are having a hard time sleeping through the night again. Mm. Um, There are some moms who have a really challenging time getting back to good sleep. And I even talked to a dad recently, a lawyer friend, who was telling me that because he still has young, young children at home, even when he's traveling for work, he it's like a pin drop. Like he said, he has a hard time sleeping in hotels because every mm-hmm. sound he's on alert, right? He's a dad, right. with little, you know, toddler and uh, he's on alert. So what, you know, we help people get back into healthy sleep cycles after the parenting days of young babies and toddlers. Right. And it's kind of like anything, you kind of create that set point of what your body's norm is, but that doesn't mean it's always healthy. And so it's readjusting, which we're going to talk about at the end. Um, But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about insomnia. You mentioned it already, but I feel like, you know, like the number one prescribed medication in the world is a sleeping aid. And and here we have so many people are struggling with insomnia. Is insomnia a true disease or like how would you classify it? That's a question. That's a great question. Uh, I would think of insomnia is often a symptom of an underlying condition Mm -hmm. of an underlying situation. And to give an example, to make it real, 
when women start going through perimenopause yeah. and menopause, their hormones naturally start shifting. That's just part of what happens. Mm-hmm. And some women, in fact, many women, their, their sleep starts to become disrupted in a way that they didn't experience before. So if you look at the underlying cause is the shift in hormones, and if you can help a woman with balancing her hormones, then that's going to improve everything, including her sleep. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. So when we look at insomnia, though, like you said, it's it could be having trouble falling asleep, waking up, or inability to stay asleep, right? There are all these right. things. But there's also a whole other category, I would say, that maybe aren't quite to the insomnia level. Or would you classify anyone who has trouble sleeping as insomnia? Like where? Because I feel like so many people struggle with sleep, but very few would maybe even say that they have insomnia. Like, how do we how do we rate people here on this scale? It's a good question. I think that it's it's sort of in the realm of any any difficulty sleeping is technically called insomnia, oh, insomnia. but it's more mm-hmm. acute in, insomnia or, or what we might say temporary insomnia mm-hmm. at, versus chronic insomnia. And it's more when it's a chronic issue that problems can arise because rest at the end of the day, restful sleep contributes to a positive mood. It improves memory. It even supports healthy inflammation levels like we talked about earlier. It's really necessary. It's a necessary function to recover physically, mentally, and emotionally and restore yourself for the next day. It's, it, there's no question. Mm-hmm. But, but to, you know, I have some temporary insomnia when I go to the East Coast because if I'm trying to go to bed at 10 o'clock on the East Coast, it's 8 o'clock where I mm-hmm. live in Colorado. Right. That's not a chronic problem. It's, it's, it's usually an issue for a few days for me, no right. matter how hard I try to get on the in that time zone before I leave. I still live in Colorado and work and play in Colorado. So um, if it happens to me, you know, I have, I'm like, oh, I can't fall asleep. Well, and then the right. next morning, well, when the alarm goes off at six, but it's actually four, four o'clock in the morning, that's an issue. So that's that's temporary. And, you know, you could, there are different things you can do. Um for that, different herbs and supplements that I do take and that do help a lot. Um, but it's more of these like long-term issues. And, you know, a lot of times one thing that we haven't addressed yet, sleeplessness or having a hard mm-hmm. time sleeping is really connected pretty closely with stress. And so if we can help with stress levels and, and support people in that way, oftentimes then that will help with sleep. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I, I kind of want to get into talking about how do we fix this problem? Um, because that's what everyone wants to know. So Let's when we it. look at sleep, and we have all these, you know, situations that could be going on, we know that sleep, I mean, there's just mounting research that it really is, if not one of the most, the if not the most important thing in health. And so when we look at this, and we have people who think that they function well in five hours of sleep, and they don't think they need more. I mean, there really has to be a series of retraining your body in some way. Like we talk about kids in sleep training. Is that how you would start with an adult? I mean, it sounds yes. crazy, but I mean, kind of. Yes, right? no, it's not crazy at all. I mean, a habit's a habit. And habits create help create help, whether it's a habit of when you wake up in the morning or meditating or whatever you might do. Sleep is a, getting into a healthy sleep cycle is a habit as well. The good news is that 
our bodies really respond to habit. And anyone that uh-huh. does go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day knows that. It's, they pro- probably at this point are waking up before their alarm because your body, your body reacts, your body responds. So start, starting with sleep hygiene, then let's, let's jump into some, you know, botanicals and nutrients. Right, right, right. Yeah. So sticking to a routine that we talked about, same bedtime, ideally by 10 o'clock, that helps support your adrenal gland health and your cortisol levels. The temperature should be on the cooler side. Certainly I don't want anyone to be cold, but it's been shown that if it's cooler, you usually sleep better, dark room. If you have a lot in your mind, write it down in a journal before you go to bed. Have a journal right by your bedside. If something's weighing on your mind, write it out so it's not spinning and that cycle in your mind. Uh, you want to do light stretching but not strenuous exercise at night. It's been shown like if you go to the gym, you do the elliptical or you run on the treadmill at 9 o'clock at night and then you try to go to bed, that's not conducive to good sleep. And then for many people, a warm shower or bath right. with mm-hmm. essential oils like lavender are great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we talk about cooling down the body, I mean, I think that there is some research coming out that your brain actually has to cool down at night. Have you seen this? Um, and that's why, like, the warm showers help because it warms up your body. It, it dilates your, you know, blood vessels, pulls your blood to the outside of the body, so it cools the internal organs down more. Have you seen yeah, anything about it, this? And it helps with the comfort. I haven't seen that particularly, but it uh-huh. definitely helps with your thermoregulation. You know, when people are stressed or kind of anxious, a yeah. lot of times they they might get like cold hands or feel like a little sweaty or just it sort of just resets your body temperature. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that we have to, we would be negligent. If we didn't talk about is caffeine. I mean, caffeine <laughs> is a culprit. And sometimes we're like, Oh no, I don't think it affects me. Um, if you're having, a, if you're out there and, and you're raising your hand, say, I have a hard time sleeping. Please consider cutting off all caffeine after noon. And that's mm. for some people, even chocolate in the afternoon can keep them up at night. So right. ca- chocolate does have caffeine in it. So if you're one of those sensitive people, um, definitely take a look at your caffeine intake, no matter who you are. But if you're sensitive, I would cut it off at noon. Yeah, those are all good points. Okay, so when we talk about more of the herbs and supplements, because mm-hmm. when people have trouble falling asleep, usually the first thing they want to reach for is a pill to help them sleep. And while we know sleep is the most important thing, there's a lot of natural processes happening in the body. Even like if we just first start with melatonin, which regulates the body, but that is a very common thing that people like to to hit up is melatonin. Like I've always kind of gone on the thought that melatonin is a hormone. And so taking melatonin all the time can really impact your hormones. What, what is your take on melatonin and how it relates to helping you sleep? Because there are other options, which we're going to start talking about more of the herb-based things in a minute. Uh, I, I do like melatonin done mm-hmm. at certain levels, you know, especially at, at a lower, lower potency. I think that it can be really helpful, particularly for resetting sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, right. For me, okay. it, for resetting a sleep cycle – it can be extremely helpful. And for me, I really like it when I'm traveling, just exactly mm-hmm. what I was telling you about when I'm on the East Coast and I'm on a, I'm literally trying to get to bed two, two hours earlier. So melatonin, you know, at three milligrams, for example, uh, the, the, the company that I'm medical director with, we have a melatonin gummy. It's a really low sugar gummy. It's easy to take. 
And I think it's good. And I think it's really good for those people that are trying to say you've been going to bed at midnight and you're, you're making a commitment to start going to bed by 10 after you listen to this podcast. Well, you might need a little help to reset that. And I think it's mm-hmm. particularly good for that. Of course, always check in with your practitioner before you start any supplement. This is a good one. And it's, it's pretty famous for its use in jet lag as well. Um, usually you want to take the, say if you're going to take these it's two gummies, it's three milligrams, you take them about 30 minutes before bed. So again, you want to take it right before you go to sleep, but about right. 30 minutes before. There's some other things to look at as well. Magnesium, for example, is a mineral and magnesium deficiency is really common in the United States. And magnesium is important for the relaxation of muscles mm-hmm. and the nervous system. And so sometimes, you know, people are missing this key mineral, magnesium, and it's found in sometimes in sleep formulas. It's found in our our dream release formula. We have um, that along with some botanicals. So I think magnesium is a really important one. And then we have these botanicals, Alexa, these herbs that have been used for centuries. I mean, just beautiful plants like valerian, for example, has a long history in ancient Greece and Rome. And it's to help with a restful sleep. And another one is ashwagandha. Uh-huh. Have you heard yeah, of ashwagandha? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So ashwagandha is this ancient Indian herb. One of my favorites. It's called an adaptogen. And all that yeah. really means is it helps the body adapt to stress. And so ashwagandha, its name, its botanical name is Withania somnifera. And the somnifera is a sweet part. Um, it's, it's taken often during the day to help with stress, but it's a really, it's a really lovely herb to incorporate in the evening as well. So those are a couple of our plant allies. There's, there's more. And mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know, would you like to talk about a couple more? Where would you like to get that? Yeah. Well, I kind of want to, I mean, I want to talk first. I have a question about magnesium. Does it matter the form yeah. of magnesium? I mean, there's multiple yeah. different forms and I, you know, there yeah. are some that people swear by and some. I think everyone kind of has their own opinion. So what form of magnesium are you talking about? Well, yeah, it's a great question. It's for your listeners in particular. It's a really good one. So the magnesium, so magnesium relaxes all the muscles in your body and it, it can also relax the muscles in your gut. And so one thing that people sometimes experience is they can get some loose stools. So mm. you, there's certain forms that are, are more of a culprit though for that. As a practitioner, I generally don't use magnesium oxide because it can lead to that okay. for some people right. or magnesium citrate. So magnesium okay. citrate sort of like in, in between, uh-huh. in sort of the right. in between one. But I like the amino acid chelate form mm-hmm. and also glycinate. Those mm-hmm. are, the glycinate and the amino acid chelate forms are the ones that I see that are generally really well tolerated. For people, and again, magnesium, is it's an important mineral. It's involved oh, in over 300 right. enzyme, re- enzyme reactions in your body. Um, people can experience some positive impact when they actually get their magnesium levels back up to normal. And like I said, research shows that a lot of us, millions of people are deficient. Yes, I love magnesium. And I love that you answered that question because... 
Like you said, so many people are deficient in it, and yet it can help so many different things. Not just sleep, but sleep is a huge benefit of that. Okay, then you went into herbs. There's some other ones which I want you to talk briefly about, and then tell us, how do you know what's right for you? Mm-hmm. Good like, question. when do you use melatonin? When do you go for an herb? When magnesium? Like, kind of, how do we sort through this in our own lives? Well, I think it depends on what your dealing with. So if you're mm-hmm. one of these people that is having a hard time sleeping, you want to ask your the question why. And you may not know why and that's okay. That's that's okay. If, if you don't know if you don't have the answer right off the bat, but think of yourself as, as your own detective for your own health and wellness. And you're right. asking yourself why. And you want to look at some really obvious things like for example, caffeine intake. If you're drinking coffee on a regular basis. Okay. Like let's start in some really basic areas, but then um, if it's magnesium, for example, magnesium is responsible for relaxing muscles. Are you having a lot of muscle tension? Are you experiencing tension headaches? Are you, you know, some of these things that, that might point you in that direction. It's always great if you can, if you have a trusted advisor, healthcare practitioner, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. If you're, if you're the answer to why is, I'm experiencing a lot of stress in my life and I just can't wind down. And I would mm-hmm. venture guess that that might be a lot of people out there. Right. Then mm-hmm. a formula like Dream Release can be really nice because it incorporates magnesium and valerian and ashwagandha and a couple other herbs. So that is really helpful for helping your body settle, for helping support healthy stress response. And then if you're, if you're the, the, the answer is more, oh, I like kind of that reset question. I'm, I've always been a night owl and I'm trying to shift my clock because I've got to get up now at 6.30 right, right. kids, kids at the bus or I need to get up at 6.30 in the morning for my brand new job or whatever. You're kind of doing like a reset or a shift or you, you're wanting to start to get to bed at a certain time every night. Then that, that melatonin can be really helpful. And be a partner and an advocate in your own health by supporting that melatonin, they decided to take the melatonin gummy with making a commitment to get off your computer, right. get off uh-huh. your screen at least an hour before bed. And I know some people are like, what? But hey, it's worth it. You can read a book. You can take a hot shower. There's a lot of other, you can talk. You can talk to your family right. or friends or a loved one. You can call, call your mom. Did you, you say talk? You could talk. I mean, there's a lot of other things we could do. You could get ready for the next day. There's all those things are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just about making a new commitment, you know, going back to that statement we talked about earlier that reframing sleep, it, it is not a luxury. It right. is a necessity for your health and wellness and your health and wellness for the long term. So if you're one of those people that's trying to do things right and eat organic and do all these good things. Sleep's got to be up there with the rest of it right? it's super important. Right, right. It controls so many hormonal processes that it's really hard to do the other things well without being well rested. But, okay, when I when I think about my sleep, which one thing that has really helped, because I've been taking some, you know, sleep supplements for a long time, but getting off the computer, like not watching TV before bed, I, I go to bed well, which I always go to bed well, no matter if I watch TV or not. But this is the thing that I've noticed is that I wake up 
like even before my alarm sometimes, refreshed and ready to go rather than like trying to hit snooze three or four times. So even though I feel like I'm going to bed at the same time, whether I watch TV or not before bed, I definitely must sleep deeper because I wake up better. But my question is, is given that I go to sleep well, like, can is it okay to take precautionary? I don't even want to say precautionary. Like, is it still healthy just to take a sleep aid every single night? Well, it depends on what the sleep aid is. I mean, with like if we're going herbs, to herbs, right? Like an herb or magnesium, mm-hmm. and or magnesium, ashwagandha, some of these plants. The one thing you might want to consider too is stress support throughout the day uh-huh. and adrenal support. So for people that are waking up in the middle of the night, that middle of the night wake waking up, and for you, it sounds like you're just maybe waking up a before well before your alarm. That's not the middle right. of the night. But if you're waking up in the middle of the night, sometimes that's cortisol. And cortisol can be connected to your adrenal gland health. And back to that circadian rhythm, cortisol has a natural circadian rhythm where it's a daily rhythm where it's highest in the morning. And Mm -hmm. then it sort of tapers off during the day and should be at its lowest point in the day around 10 o'clock. Right. And usually you see pretty healthy circadian rhythms most of the time in kids. And that's part of the reason sometimes if you ever seen a, seen a child wake up and find, oh, my gosh, it's amazing the way some kids, not all, but can literally just wake up and go zero to 60 within like right. a couple <laughs> minutes of opening their eyes. Well, their cortisol levels are probably really healthy. They haven't been through a lot of um, like stressors at that point, hopefully. And it, But as we get older and things shift, and maybe we, in some ways, we might do it to ourselves or we work a night job. Our circadian rhythms with our cortisol levels can get a bit askew. And sometimes it's the cortisol that's waking you up in the middle of the night. And one of the mm. things that you can do, too, is to keep your blood blood sugar levels balanced. Yeah. Because if your blood glucose level gets really low in, in the middle of the night, it will wake you up. So having like a, having a healthy meal at night that has protein in it. Not a super rich, heavy meal, but definitely like a good, solid meal that has some protein, whether it's a vegetarian source protein or if you do eat meat, it's some chicken or salmon. And then, you know, even a a nice, nice beverage like a golden milk with some yummy, you know, coconut milk that has healthy fats or almond milk. Or if cow's milk is, is great for you, then that's great too. But like a warming, soothing, but also nourishing beverage at night. These are the kinds of things that can help keep your blood glucose nice and balanced so that you don't wake up in the middle of the night. So those are some tips. Sometimes that middle of the night wakening can be definitely be an adrenal thing. Right, right. And like you said, the herbs and supplements can be a great addition because when we talk about adaptogens, they're helping the body to adapt. They're not necessarily being stored. Is that correct? Yes, I would say they're, they're, what are called tonifying herbs. A, a plant mm-hmm. like ashwagandha, at its very by its very nature, and historically was taken on a regular basis to help the body adapt to stress. And so, mm-hmm. it, I like it because I feel that I want to support people in sleeping, of course. And the underlying cause piece is that I want to help strengthen them at the same time. I want to strengthen their reserves and resiliency for all of us so that we're feeling 
more resilient in the face of stress and then more that helps us have a more restful night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. I want to talk just a few more questions about what what do you think the biggest three players are in interrupting our sleep? The biggest three players I think are probably stress would be number one. Mm -hmm. Stimulants, number two, because I think there's more stimulants in many people uh, day to day than they are sort of acknowledging. And hmm, the third one, I think it's probably diet. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, diet, because in, in, in that one might be surprising to some people that it's, it's really true that the foods we eat can impact everything, including our sleep. And there's a local, there's a local group that does a very healthy cleanse that I love um, and, and includes virtual people from all over the world. And the, one of the most consistent things, and so it's a really, it's a great cleanse with focus on lots of green vegetables and healthy proteins and fats. It's not super restrictive. It definitely takes out all the major common right. allergens. And of course, all stimulants and alcohol and right. coffee, everything. But one of the number one comments, Alexa, because I've had the opportunity to participate in this and recommend it to people, number one, one of the number one comments throughout this cleanse is how much better people sleep. Mm. One of the number one comments mm-hmm. is how different their sleep is, how much better they sleep. So we know that food, food and mood are connected, food and sleep are connected. And uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, no, those are Stress, all really stimulants, good. stimulants, and food. And then if you're, if, if I can add a fourth one, like an, an optional add-on, if you're a woman out there who is going through any kind of hormonal shift, whether that's postpartum, perimenopause, or just somebody that gets, you know, premenstrual syndrome, it could def- that could definitely be an issue too. And in those cases, those are situations where I think it is really good to reach out to a healthcare practitioner, whether that's a naturopathic doctor or nutritionist or your medical doctor, because um, this hormonal shift can have a really big impact mm-hmm. on sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side, what are three things that someone could do today? I mean, you kind of gave us that, but like, even I want you to add a few supplements in here or something like oh, a way to for people to get started sleeping deeper. We've talked about eliminating the TV and, you know, maybe going to bed earlier. But again, like the first few places you would have someone look for other outside sources to help them sleep. Okay, great question. So the first one would be to take a look at your caffeine. I know I sound like a broken record, but I've had so many people where this, they, this has a much bigger impact than they thought. Right. Number two is take a, take a look at your sleep environment. We didn't talk a whole, whole lot about that. We talked about sleep hygiene. Like, what's one thing you can do in your sleep environment? How can you make it darker or cooler? Or buy yourself a new pillow. Like, do something right. really great for yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm really serious. Like, it just makes you feel like you're invested in your sleep. Like, I love the idea of an action item. Buy yourself some lavender essential oil. I put it at, draw a couple of drops on my pillow every night. Do Do something today that's going to shift your sleep environment. Right. And then the third one would be consider consider the support that in like an herb or magnesium or both, you know, in the case of dream release, it's botanicals and magnesium in there. 
consider that, you know, talk with your healthcare practitioner if you, if you, you know, want to try to sort of sort through this, but consider some help that, you know, may be there with a natural supplement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, the focus has to be on sleep. And that's why I love talking about this is because I love what you said in the beginning that so often we look at sleep as a luxury, not a necessity. And like you said, it has to become one. Um, and it can change so much. Before we go, I have a few quick fire questions to ask you. What is one thing you do every day for your health? I make a green smoothie every day and I switch up the greens. I sometimes put kale or spinach or chard. I mix up what else is in there, apples, mangoes, but that is something I do every day without fail. Nice. And what else do you put in that? It really Maybe depends. Yep. You just yesterday, mix it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yesterday I made a green smoothie bowl. So I put in um, coconut milk. It was for me and my husband too, so it was two servings. Coconut milk, half an avocado, ground walnuts, um, frozen mangoes, half a banana. Not too much banana makes it a little sweet. And spinach, blended mm -hmm. it all up, and then it was pretty creamy, like almost like a pudding because of the avocado. And then yeah. I put um, chia seeds and ground flax seeds on top. Nice. Delicious. Okay. What is your favorite health book? I really love this book by one of my mentors, Dr. Taroni Lodog. She's an integrative medical doctor, and it's called Life is Your Best Medicine. The subtitle is A Women's Guide to Health, Healing, and Wholeness at Every Age. I like it. I haven't heard of that one, but it sounds really interesting. Say the title one more time. Life? Life is your best medicine. Awesome. We'll have to check that out. What is on your Christmas list? Getting to the beach. We haven't figured oh. it out yet. <laughs> we love to get to the ocean. We live in the mountains of Colorado. It'll be snowy and cold here over the winter break. And we are going to find a way to get to the beach. That's on my list. That's the best. That's the best. What's one thing you do for your for a healthy mind every day? I meditate every morning. I It's the very first thing I do. I get out of bed and I meditate for 20 minutes in a little spot very mm -hmm. close to my bed. So I don't feed the dog. I don't do anything until I meditate every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So healthy. And one last question. What is the best piece of advice you could leave us with? It would be to pay attention to your intuition. I yes. really believe that all of us have an internal compass that we spend a lot of time sort of ignoring and even sort of sucking away mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. a lot of different things, whether it's food or whatever we might be doing. But we have an internal compass that we pay more attention to it, it will help guide us through life. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show again and sharing a very important topic with us. Before you go, tell us where they can learn more about you and I'll make sure and link all of this up in the show notes. Well, they certainly can go to megasweet.com. On there, I'm one of the main blog contributors and writers on there. So if you want to check out more there and then me personally, my LinkedIn profile. So it's Aaron Stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S. -E I'm a naturopathic doctor. So if you find the Aaron Stokes ND medical director at Megafood, it's, it's, that's me. And that's a, that's a great way to reach me. And also, you know, if you, if you want to read a couple of the articles I've posted, that's, that's a good way to do it. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Again, all of that information will be linked up in the show notes where you can get more information about Erin and what she does and the products we talked about on today's show. So thank you again, Erin. 
Thank you, Alexa. It's always a joy to be on your show. Just doing such good work. After listening to that, my hope is that you can sleep like babies, right? Uh, Although, statistically, many of you really do suffer from insomnia and other sleep disorders that prevent you from reaching deep sleep. But there are simple solutions to helping your body to get there. And while I know it's easy to just revert back to blue light devices like TV and our phones to help settle us down, those really are doing the opposite. And I hope that you uncovered that today. So over the show notes, I'm giving you five ways to help you reach deeper sleep, and many of them revert back to creating this nighttime routine that allows your body to start relaxing and releasing the right amount of melatonin. Now, Dr. Stokes talked about the power hour, which is essentially what we're trying to create here, the hour before bed when you start to allow your body to relax and to reach the point of sleep. Now, there has been tons and tons of studies coming out about the impact of what you do before bed and how that affects your full night's sleep. Not to mention what we've talked about in numerous other shows is how sleep's affecting your entire day from your hormonal flow to your neurotransmitter flow and so much more. So what we know is deep sleep is crucial in health and without it, will we ever reach health? I mean, there's a lot of debate there. So we have to be sleeping more. So make sure you head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 125 to get more information on the five ways to help you reach deeper sleep. Plus, I share my favorite supplementation regimen that I do every single night to help my body relax. So check that out. Also, don't forget to head on over to megafood.com to learn more about their products, what they have going on, their transparency model, and order your own products or just head to your natural grocery store where you can pick up some of your own mega food brands. Like I said, I give the specific nutrients to my entire family and love their brand made from natural real sources, which are so much more absorbable and bioavailable in your body. So make sure you head on over there, learn more about them and try them out for yourself. I know supplementation can be scary, but once you find the brand you love, it makes it so much easier. Okay, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned. We have so much more coming out before the new year. We're really tapping into making goals that you can stick to, not just resolutions that only last for about 28 days, right? But really things that you can stick to for the rest of the year, plus an exciting announcement coming out soon. And in the meantime, here's to having the best week. 